Well, hello there and welcome to Life on Earth. Time to state the obvious. Oh, oh, there's my theme. I have to sit respectfully while the theme plays because it's me. It's my favorite song, my favorite artist. <sighs> Cocky as hell. But that's what I want for you. That's what I want you to be. Welcome to Life on Earth. And today, we talked about anti-racism. We talked about Will McCaskill and long-termism and altruism. And frankly, I've had enough of the heavy stuff for a while. I'm just stating the obvious. Today, stating the obvious like, for example, the sky is up. The ground is down. Now, I can hear it coming in from the internet. I can hear it coming in backwards over the wires, over the Wi-Fi. I hear the objections. Sky is up. Ground is down. Well, what if you're standing on your head? <laughs> or more seriously, I can hear these self-proclaimed philosophers smirking. Uh, those are synthetic truths, not analytic truths. Incidentally, the analytic-synthetic dichotomy, Leonard Peikoff's essay in Ayn Rand's collection, Introduction to Objectivist Epistemology, that is surprisingly enough the most popular essay in the Leonard Peikoff Essays series with James Valiant. It was an episode that I did with Amy Naser and James Valiant. And if you haven't heard it yet, you've got to hear that, the analytic-synthetic dichotomy. In fact, I want you to get my counts up. We got over a thousand views. I want it even higher. Check it out. Give it a listen. Now, two points to make. First of all, if you haven't watched that episode yet, you should. Again, if for no other reason than to make me happy. But the other point is support the Ayn Rand Center UK. <laughs> this is where the fun is. The daily objective alone is worth the price of admission. You know, add in all the other shows and the study groups, weekend activities, and yes, as of last night, Lee, Lee Pearson, Dr. Pearson, the man who gives Harry Binswanger a hard time on epistemology, is back with the cutting edge. So this is the place to be. Become a member if you are already. You know, make your YouTube comments with super chats. Throw money. Todd Rundgren famously said, I'm changing the name of the album to throw money. So do that thing. Support the ARC UK. So sky is up. The ground is down. Things are what they are. You know, a damn good thing. And it's a good thing that everybody knows this simple truth. Well, maybe not as consistently, as consciously as they should. But have you ever considered the expressway? You know, this is a classic in the coaching communities. If you've listened to Yaron Brook, he's mentioned it recently too. I know some folks who believe well, most people don't believe A is A. Most people are irrational. They'll spend a whole evening, say, at Great Lakes Objectivists, our study group, at meetings talking about how irrational people are. Everything is going to hell because everybody, they're completely helpless. They cannot be trusted in any interactions. And then these same pessimists will get in their car and they'll take the freeway home. You know, hardly a concern. They will get in a two-ton vehicle and drive off at 70 miles an hour 
you know, call that 110 kilometers per hour for those of you poor blokes who are still burdened with the old metric system. Ah, get with the imperial. And these poor pessimists who don't trust the average American voter to be anything more than mindless, brainwashed, nihilistic sheep, they will travel at 70 miles an hour on an undivided highway. Traveling a few feet from countless other vehicles that are also traveling at 70 miles an hour, some of them in the opposite direction. And they do this crazy, suicidal, vehicular dance, this massive act of trust over and over and over again, most of the days of their lives. Hey, say, it is what it is, man. People are people. Hmm. People, persons. Okay, time for another simple, obvious truth. Individuals exist, and groups of individuals exist. You know, individuals. Individuals have values. They care about things. And groups. Well, groups don't have values or cares or thoughts. You know, the quote-unquote thoughts and values of a group are just an aggregate of the thoughts and cares of the individuals in the group. Things matter to individuals. The locus, the, the delimited location of values, of things mattering, is the individual mind. So when we talk about things mattering to, say, Americans, Americans care about fairness, or Americans like cheeseburgers, we're talking about things mattering to a substantial number of individuals who fall within the concept American. And that identification can matter, that group, that grouping, you know, for lots of reasons. So yes, groups exist. But that fact of reality, groups, isn't primary, it's wholly secondary. So three or 30 or 340 million people caring about freedom or safety or cheeseburgers, or anything else, is 340 million individual people each caring. Individuals, individual minds, individual souls, each individual consciousness. That's where valuing occurs. It's a simple identification. It's stating the obvious. And it is all too easy to forget. And to lose yourself within, for example, thinking it's you or your group against the world. It's why collectivism is absurd and vicious. See, this is a callback to last week's episode on racism as collectivism and anti-racism as collectivism. And the previous episode's discussion of altruism as Collective. Collectivism is absurd. We are not a coral reef. And collectivism is vicious. We're not fungible, interchangeable, disposable parts of a whole. You know, we. We just means me individually and you individually and each and every other individual being considered in some given context. 
It doesn't justify thinking collectively. It doesn't justify thinking there's a we brain, a we mind, a, a social consciousness. Those are aggregates. You know, it doesn't justify three foxes and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Nor does it justify three men of modest means and a rich man voting on the redistribution of wealth. It doesn't justify 340 million of us drafting one of us into the army, whether to fight and die in a war or to serve KP and peel potatoes for the next four years. Okay, that got complicated. And I want to keep this simple, and, and specifically simple and undeniable. So how about this? I know what I know. And I don't know that which I don't know. See, I believe in everything, and that's all that I believe in. And while there are things that I'm uncertain about, I know as much about them as I know. Okay, well, what about, what about faith? Well, as usual, it depends on what you mean. It depends on how you define your terms. If faith means belief in the absence of evidence or in contradiction to the available evidence, faith is out. I don't have faith in anything. I have no faith. Neither should you. Now, if faith means, well, I have reason to believe in a given outcome may occur. I have confidence in a given individual, in his abilities and determination. If faith just means trust or confidence, if faith is a synonym for reason to believe, well, that's a whole different story. I have faith that each of you, the individuals watching this video or listening to the podcast, I have faith that each of you, each of you know better, that you are neither ones to fall for the former supposed instances of faith, belief in the absence of evidence, nor are you ones to be triggered by the latter. I believe in you, and I believe you can be dispassionate when somebody says, I have faith in you. I have every faith that you are exactly those kind of people. So again, stating the obvious, I, I don't know what I don't know. And I am quite happy to answer, I don't know when that's the right answer. So be willing to say, I don't know. And if that means giving your opponents, your conversational antagonists, too much credit, do this. You can extend that out to say, I don't know. And you don't either. <sighs> I was talking to Amy Nacer earlier, and she reminded me, well, there is another means to knowledge. You know, my conservative friends, they have a secret, a trick, a shortcut. If it goes against the mainstream news, if it goes against the conventional wisdom, if it goes against the leftist narrative, then it must be true. You know, the enemy of my enemy is credible. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. So, A is A. Things are what they are. 
It is what it is, man. Okay, one more simple truth. Stating the obvious, if you do the right things, the right things will happen. You know, this was first taught to me by Firesign Theater. Some of you may remember them from the 1970s. They had a record album called, I think we're all bozos on this bus. And this was FUD's first law of opposition. FUD's per first law of opposition is, if you push something hard enough, it will fall over. Works for me. Let me see, I got a beep here to answer. Nope, looks good. Yes, if you do the right things, things will, the right things will happen. Now, it turns out, as simple, as obvious and true as this principle is, there are ways it can be undercut by error, by unexpected circumstances, or by other people. Say, other automobile drivers, there are accidents out there. So here's an important tip, especially for you kids out here, younger folks. Anybody younger than me is young. Anybody younger than me is a kid. Important tip, the times that the principle, if you do the right things, the right things will happen. The times that principle is undercut, they will stand out. They will loom large. Don't be taken in by that. See, just as good news isn't news. You know, people waking up, having breakfast, going to work, getting things done, coming home, hugging the kids, enjoying their dinner, watching a little TV, sharing a night of passionate lovemaking with their soulmate. That's what happens 99.97% of the time. But good news isn't news. Why do we have that negativity bias? Because nothing needs to be done about things going right. You know, we need some kind of alert, some kind of alarm to go off when things go wrong. So good news, unless it really stands out as some great innovation, but good news normally isn't news. Just as good news isn't news because only bad news stands out and only bad news requires action, so too, when you do the right things and the right things don't happen, well, that stands out. And in an age of cynicism, that can seem to undercut the principle that if you do the right things, the right things will happen. Well, it turns out morality pays. It pays big. You know, if this seems obvious to you, if you've read Leonard Peikoff's lecture, Why Should One Act on Principle? And you thought, well, of course. Well, great. Good. But if you have sometimes thought, as some of us have, well, principles. Yeah, that's all very good and fine. But the world is so screwed up. And people will use your principles against you so often that pragmatism is the order of the day. Well, I encourage you to reread that essay and reconsider your pessimism. If you do the right things, the right things will happen. Now, challenging times may change what it looks like when you apply moral principles, but it will never change the principles. Moral principles are simply descriptions of human action given human nature. And I mention it 
partly because this is something that I failed to learn when I was young. I don't know where that came from. This is something I failed to learn when I was young. Yeah, at least in regard to my education and my career. And it took a long time for me to learn better and even longer to course correct. Because, well, challenging times, but I was able to correct. I was eventually able to get it right. Because it turns out, if you do the right things, the right things happen. So my takeaways from thinking about simple truths this week are, appropriately enough, simple. So I told you I'd keep this short. We live in a time in which a lot of people, and maybe a lot of us, a lot of people have a lot of cynicism and anger, outrage, indignation, and hopelessness, and bitterness. They believe that things have never been worse, even though by countless objective measures, statistical and financial and technological and social and much more, the simple, obvious truth. The simple, obvious truth is that with a few exceptions, things have never been better. We are surrounded by miracles, not least of which is ourselves. Too many of us, and I've been there, too many of us believe that success isn't open to us, that any success we attempt to achieve will be stopped, punished, used against us. And this is true in some non-trivial ways, but on the whole, it is a lie. If you do the right things, the right things will happen. And yes, doing the right things includes remediating any opposition you'll encounter and taking action, managing your home security, managing your tax situation, safeguarding your privacy. The challenges do not change the simple truth. Let me tell you, right now, out there in the world, people, countless people, are studying and working and succeeding and achieving wealth and security and romance and happiness. The requirements, the strategies, the methods, and the moral principles are simple and well-known. You individually, you might have more going for you. You may have things going against you. But to the extent that success is open to you, and it is, you deserve to go for it. If you do the right things, the right things will happen. How do you know the right things? It takes a bit of research bit of work. And some of the answers, some of the right things are philosophical. Fortunately, on the philosophy side, the operator's manual for life is available. It's been written. Somebody else did all the hard work. Some of the right things are physical. 
Some of them are psychological, some of them are social. So study and research and learn. And first and foremost, try things, take risks, learn from your mistakes, and then take more risks. Fortune does favor the bold. Well, it favors rational action. And taking rational action requires a healthy dollop of boldness. So the reason I wanted to state the obvious, to share just a few simple truths this week is simple. I see too many friends missing out because they know the simple truths. They know the moral principles. They know the basics. We all do. But they let themselves be fooled into questioning their knowledge and whether it still applies in the world as it is today. The methods and means, the tips and tricks, the recipes and the scripts, they're out there. See my episode on recipes and scripts. But they don't feel like the simple truths still hold true. They have lost faith in the second sense of that word, which in this case means reason to believe that the recipes and the scripts, the success strategies, well-laid plans, and hard work will pay off. They will. So let me wrap up with a simple aphorism. Epictetus stated, it's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. My takeaway from that is, time spent on things you can't control takes away from time spent on things you can. I have a super chat that came in from Kindred Amy. I think I know that person. Thank you very much for that. Super sweet. And your life should be filled with super sweet things. Time spent on things you can't control takes away from things you can. And life is long, but not long enough to waste any time you could be spending on your values your goals and ambitions, your hobbies and passions, your friends and family, your career and romance. Don't let the turkeys get you down. Don't let them steal your time and energy. Yesterday, today was tomorrow. And tomorrow, today will be yesterday. The future is coming, ready or not. So be ready. Be more than ready. Be eager. A simple truth. At the end of the day, at the end of your life, there will be things you will regret. Let's make sure those are as few as possible. And at the end of the day, and at the end of your life, there will be things you will be proud of and things that will make you smile, things that will make you say, well, that was a life worth living. Let's make that as near to everything as we can. It's a simple, obvious, undeniable truth. Your life is an end in itself. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for existing. Thank you for your unique, invaluable, irreplaceable life on earth.